everybody. You're listening to One Person's Trash is Our Treasure. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jen. We're a podcast. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> we talk about underrepresented and underappreciated media. All types of media. From books to movies. Maybe some video games down the line. TV shows sometimes. Uh, yeah. Well, it's our last Halloween episode. <laughs> Tomorrow's Halloween. And what better to celebrate the day before Halloween than by listening to our episode about demons and witches. All of them. All of them witches. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Rachel? Uh, Today, we're talking about Rosemary's Baby. Whoa. I love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Isn't it crazy good? Why are we talking about it on our podcast? (laughs) Fuck if I know. <laughs> no, uh, we're we're talking about it on our podcast. Obviously, not because it is uh, trash in any way, but because um, we're going to be comparing it to another more recent horror movie, Annabelle. Not Mother. Not Mother. So the movie Annabelle, which came out in 2014. Yes. It is very clearly influenced by the movie Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. which is a classic horror movie from the 1960s, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in the way that we analyzed the influence of gothic literature on Crimson Peak, we're kind of looking at the ways in which Rosemary's Baby, a revered piece of art, mm-hmm. influenced a B-horror movie <laughs> from modern times. And I think it's going to be real good. Should we listen to it right now? Yes. Enjoy. <laughs> oh wait! Oh, but wait! It. But wait! <laughs> Go ahead. Check out our website. Oh, One- <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Good. Check out our website. One person's trash is our treasure. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at Optiot. That's O-P-T-I-O-T. And on Instagram at Optiot Pod. Yeah! That was terrifying. Let's get on with the show! What a scary episode. (laughs) Oh, Rachel, it's spooky time. It's, we're so deep into October. Mm. Mm. We're deep in it. Mm-hmm. It's ties we're, like skeletons are roaming the streets. We're drowning in pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's good. Yep. Yeah, I live here. <laughs> this is where I live. So this is our third and final Halloween episode. Aw, I'm really upset. <laughs> Should we just start a Halloween podcast? No. Where it's Halloween all year round. <laughs> no. Why not? Because I feel like it would get old. No. Maybe. So we're gonna we're gonna be. Discussing and comparing two movies, one being the horror classic, Rosemary's Baby. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rachel and Jen, that movie is, is, I mean, I know you guys discuss trash, but that movie is trash. (laughs) And we hear you. Um, (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) It's a great movie. (laughs) That's the joke. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Um, Silly me. Yeah, so obviously Rosemary's Baby is a horror classic, and it's amazing, and it's 
you know, probably close, as close to perfect as a movie could get. Um, Truth. However, here's where we come in. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be comparing it with the 2014 James Wan movie, Annabelle. And um, you might know the director, James Wan, from his uh, horror movies such as Insidious, Insidious 2, Insidious 3, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, Sinister, Sinister 2. (laughs) All Blumhouse movies. Yeah. Who are are great. I mean, go Blumhouse. Rachel and I just came from the movies where we saw Happy Death Day and we were very happy with it. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. It was really good. So, yeah, James Wan is, um, along with the production company Blumhouse, he's producing a lot of really good horror movies. You know, kind of, I I would even go so far as to say he's kind of reviving the genre back from its nasty (laughs) teenage (laughs) angst phase in the 90s where (laughs) it really wasn't, wasn't good. (laughs) Didn't really know who it was yet. It was really overdramatic. Yeah. For sure. But neither of these movies are that. No, not at all. Yeah. Which is fun. Mm-hmm. This was your idea. So I thought that maybe you could go into a little bit of your idea. Sure. So uh, I watched Rosemary's Baby for the first time uh, when I was in college. And as entrenched in film studies as I was, I quickly realized that Rosemary's Baby was not just a typical horror movie. <laughs> I recognized having... I had, I had never heard of Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. I just watched it because it was on... Um, I believe it was on Netflix, actually. And me and my roommate like to watch a lot of horror movies. So I watched it and I quickly realized that it was, you know, definitely worthy of being a classic. It didn't escape your expert eye. Absolutely not. You know, with all those <laughs> film classes I was taking. So anyway... In reality, I just really, really enjoyed it. I I have never stopped thinking about that movie since I first saw it back in, like, 2012 or 2013. And um, so it was always kind of in the back of my mind. And um, then uh, come 2014, you know, as I said, my roommate and I like to watch a lot of horror movies. So when uh, Annabelle came out, we definitely were going to go see it. And we went and saw it in theaters. And I picked up instantly that this movie was kind of an homage to Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about it for years. And so, you know, I think I suggested this to you a long time ago, like back when our podcast first started. Oh, yeah. It was one of the first ideas that you pitched. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, I just thought it would be kind of um, cool to finally be able to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Rosemary's Baby is a very classic, famous movie. And if you haven't heard of it, I don't, like, blame you. (laughs) I mean, I had heard of it before, but I had never seen it and actually, like, had never been spoiled for anything about it. Mm-hmm. I literally knew nothing about it other than that it was a classic. So when we watched it, I was completely blindsided by the uh, uh, emotional body slam mm-hmm. <laughs> that this movie is. It's uh, it's about this woman named Rosemary, who is an angel. She's wonderful. <laughs> And she, I watched it with my mom, and I realized that I oh, really? was doing, yeah, I realized I was doing the same thing to her that you did to me when I watched it for the first time, which is that from the second the movie started, you were like, oh, isn't she so precious? She's an angel. Isn't she so wonderful? <laughs> oh my I God, I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I, I was like, yeah, she's cute, but like, I didn't have context yet. And then when I watched it with my mom, <laughs> I did the same fucking thing. 
um, so it's about this this woman named Rosemary. She lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. She is uh she's living in the 60s. Yeah, it's the late 60s. She's married to this guy. What's his name? Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I hope she doesn't say guy because that's his name, right? Am I wrong? No, you're right. I <laughs> completely forgot. Like I wanted to call him John cuz that's the actor's name. Oh no. <laughs> she's married to this guy named Guy and <laughs> the movie starts out with them finding a new apartment. And he's an actor. Yeah. Rosemary uh, doesn't have any children. She and Guy don't have any children yet. Mm-hmm. But Rosemary does want to be a mom. And um, she and Guy decide to have a baby. And um, she has an awful pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's painful and nobody really helps her. And then she starts to suspect that something is really not right. Yeah, she kind of starts to suspect that a satanic cult is after her baby. And yeah. she doesn't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie Annabelle, on the other hand, is about a woman in 1970 who is pregnant. With her husband. <laughs> who is a doctor. A doctor in training. And she <laughs> starts to suspect that something satanic is uh, uh, coming after her baby. Yeah. <laughs> Annabelle, which once again came out in 2014, is very clearly derivative of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Um, at this point, it's time for you to leave. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rosemary's Baby is an amazing movie, and it may send you into uh, an emotional state, as it did me. Jen was silent for like a solid two minutes after we finished Rosemary's Baby. I could not stop crying. It was just <laughs> silent tears streaming down my face. Yeah, if you want to uh, ruin a friend, <laughs> watch, or just or just put yourself through that. <laughs> watch Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, it's a good time. It is a really amazing movie, though. And granted, the, you know, I, I do want to point out Roman Polanski is a sack of shit. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know. All that garbage. But um, who cares about directors anymore anyway, right? <laughs> this isn't like... Not anymore! <laughs> yeah. Let's just do whatever! Yeah. <laughs> no more directors, please! <laughs> um, I mean... <sighs> you know, you can separate the man from his creation, you know? I'm sure Hitler had you some can. good pieces in art school. <laughs> You can, but, like, there was a really interesting, um, my mom told me about, uh, an interview that Jerry Seinfeld was on Stephen Colbert, and they were talking about Bill Cosby, and how they both really, really looked up to him and, like, would put his records on to, like, make them feel better and everything, Mm -hmm. and Stephen was like, I can't do that anymore, I can't, I can't listen anymore, and Jerry Seinfeld was like, well, really, why, like, why, and Stephen kind of, like, Talked about it for a little bit, and then they were like went to commercial break. And they were talking about something else, and then Jerry was like, "You know what? You're right. I changed my mind. You're right. I haven't listened to him since that happened. So I think I actually think you're right. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it can't be done. Um, obviously, I just I really think that Rosemary's Baby is an important piece of cinema for women, and yeah. Roman Roman Polanski can't fucking take that away from anybody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Absolutely. I, like, he's a <sighs> What he did was gross and awful and disgusting, but, like, we shouldn't let him take important things away. Yeah. The thing about um, movies as opposed to novels is that they're collaborative efforts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
just because the director was a piece of shit doesn't mean that the rest of the people who worked really hard on this uh, piece of art, Mm -hmm. which is what it is, you know, deserve to be erased as well. Not that anyone's saying that, but... No, you know, yeah. just just kind of addressing that point and getting it out of the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because uh, I don't want anybody to think that we're praising Roman Polanski. Uh, no, it's fucking, you know. Anyway, so regardless, we encourage you to watch Rosemary's Baby and Annabelle. It's a good movie. If you uh-huh. enjoy horror movies, it's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty scary too. <laughs> yeah, it is a prequel to Insidious, right? Kind no. of. No. No? It's kind of a prequel to uh, The Conjuring. Okay. <laughs> but I have never seen Insidious or The Conjuring. Yeah, you don't need <laughs> so, to you don't need to see any other James Wan or Blumhouse movies to understand Annabelle. It's, absolutely. It's briefly like the the context of it being a prequel is like touched upon in the first one Five minutes. Not even. Yeah, like the first minute or so, and then it yeah. goes right into the story. So you don't need to have any background to enjoy this movie. It's absolutely standalone. Mm-hmm. So this we're now entering spoiler town choo choo (laughs) that's even better than the spoiler warning song i want the spoiler warning song (laughs) all right get out of here scamps (laughs) watch rosemary's baby first yes at least like i mean if you haven't seen it already i mean it's it's kind of something that needs to be on everyone's bucket list yes i agree (laughs) even though it destroyed me (laughs) it's good to be destroyed every once in a while right Keep you on your toes. I guess it's healthy. I don't know. (laughs) So anyway. Spoiler warning. Okay. (laughs) So one of the biggest similarities between the two movies, obviously, is the fact that they are both about mothers in uh, the 60s slash 70s, which was a time when, you know, second wave feminism was really just kind of happening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, naturally, it was kind of just expected in many ways that women would just stay home. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, I, I mean, of course, you were starting to see more women entering the workforce and whatever, yada, yada. But for the most part, women were housewives. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, both of these movies really have a very strong motif of motherhood mm-hmm. and um i mean obviously rosemary's baby but annabelle too because the entire movie is about mia right but her name her name is mia yes you're right yeah yeah okay i just remember you know what yeah weird they probably did that on purpose <laughs> they probably did do that on purpose uh it's about you know the mother mia which is probably Absolutely. That's gotta be. There's yeah. No, that's not a coincidence. It's, it's gotta be a shout out to Mia Farrow. Mm-hmm. Who played Rosemary in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Anyway, um, Mia. Hey, uh, actually, I have a bomb to drop on you. Okay. We have talked about that person before. The actress? Mm-hmm. On our podcast? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Who? Jenny! Oh my god, you're right! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I fucking died when I saw that. Oh, I can't believe you weren't, you were able to restrain from texting me. Oh, it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard. Oh my god. Oh, poor her. Right? Oh, she's way better than that movie. Right? I oh. love her. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, so, um, the mother, Mia, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the entire movie is her just trying to protect her daughter, Leah. <laughs> The cutest baby I've ever seen on film. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, you know, Rosemary's Baby 
is all about Rosemary trying to protect her unborn child mm-hmm. from, you know, nefarious acts acts, and mm-hmm. from nefarious intentions from people like mm-hmm. her neighbors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's really one of the biggest themes throughout. Yeah. Well, you just rewatched both movies, right? I did. So did you have any thoughts the second time around that you... Or anything that you picked up on the second time around that you didn't catch the first time around? Uh, I did want to mention um, I, I, something. There's a there's a weird thing. This has nothing to do with like themes or whatever, but it does pr- prove I think more about Annabelle being so tied to Rosemary's Baby in several ways. Um, at the time in the '60s, there were these murders called the Manson murders. Charles Manson was this crazy dude. And he had a cult. And uh, Rosemary's Baby, the book came out in 1967. The movie came out in 1968. Mm -hmm. In 1969, there were some awful murders that happened in California uh, by the Manson family, as they called themselves. And one of the people who was murdered was Roman Polanski's wife, uh, Sharon Tate. Um, It was awful. And she was pregnant at the time. And in Annabelle, early in the movie, you can actually hear uh, Mia is watching the TV and they're talking about those murders mm-hmm. and they mention Sharon Tate. Oh, really? Yeah. And in, in Annabelle, in the very beginning of the movie, there are these, this man and this woman break into uh, their house and try to kill them mm-hmm. while Mia is still pregnant. And they were part of a cult, these people. And it's, like, this whole fucking thing. And it just, like, reading about it freaked me out a little bit. And I don't know. I just, I felt Mm -hmm. like it was all, like, super weird. And Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think that's another thing about these two movies. Like, you know, when Rosemary's Baby came out, that stuff was relevant. Yeah. You know? I mean, cults and everything were kind of just, like, a hot point of conversation. They were just all over the news. Mm -hmm. It's not really a thing anymore, Mm -mm. you know? But I think that's why it's so interesting that... You know, they, they, they didn't just do a movie about a mother whose baby is potentially being taken by the devil or whatever. Right. They chose to frame it during this time period. Yeah. When this type of stuff was happening. Yeah. And I don't know. It's kind of a chicken or the egg situation where, like, I don't know if they first came up with the idea to, like, have it be centered around this cult or if they first came up with the idea to kind of have an homage to Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can't really deny <laughs> that that was an active choice. Yeah. Um, speaking of Annabelle and the time period it, in which it is set, when we were talking about this episode, you told me to look up Ed and Lorraine Warren, mm-hmm. who are paranormal specialists. They're the paranormal specialists from The Conjuring. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and they they have this. Well, I think Ed passed away. Passed away. Um, but there, there's this, uh, like, museum mm-hmm. somewhere that they have the actual doll, mm-hmm. Annabelle, of, uh, on which this is based. So, like, okay, this is not based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, if it's based on a lie, do you think they said it at this time, um, when that lie would have been set? Or, like, maybe that's why it's set? I don't know. Because I think it's an interesting choice to have it be set in 1970. That could be a good point, actually, because I know that The Conjuring, the movie that Annabelle is first mentioned in, Mm -hmm. is 
set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And this story is kind of like Annabelle's sort of origin. Sort of. Although there is a movie called Annabelle Origin. Yeah, I know. I'm upset about it. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what the deal is. We'll have to watch that soon. Anyway. Anyway, um, this is kind of her origin. Yeah. Not the official origin. Apparently. Thanks, James Wan. But <laughs> anyway, um, that that's a really good point, though. When we watched Rosemary's Baby for the first time, you told me that one of the reasons you thought it was interesting was because uh, it wasn't meant to be this, but it ended up being a commentary on the role of women in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Where do you think Annabelle comes in there? Do you think it succeeds in doing any of that? or You mean unintentionally doing something? or Either. Well, I definitely think it's a commentary on women. Um you know, even not for the time period, being a housewife, it's really stressful mm-hmm. and isolating. And I think that housewives deserve to have their stories told more because I think some people have gotten the idea that being a housewife is, you know, bad yeah. <laughs> or reductive, if that's the right word to use there, yeah. which is not the case. And, you know, I think being a housewife is actually really tough. And, uh, you know, you definitely see that reflected in both movies. You know, Mia spends so much time alone um, after she gets stabbed in the uterus <laughs> by the people who break into her house. You know, the baby's fine, but she's told that she can't put any stress on her body. Otherwise, she could lose the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a result, she's forced to lay in bed all day. I, I, I don't know the science behind that. <laughs> it's my understanding that, you know, back back in the day, it used to be believed that women shouldn't move at all when they are pregnant. And now I know that it's encouraged that you move more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a medical professional, <laughs> whatever. But um, you, you really do get the sense of just how bored and totally torturous she, it is to she, just lay in bed all day and watch tv and so she starts and, watching like soap operas and stuff yeah and she's very cute yeah and in rosemary's baby you've got rosemary who is the most supportive and like loving wife ever to her oh God, piece of shit an angel. actor husband she's so supportive of his career too you know she brags for him mm-hmm. and she's even so though he's like a nobody and yeah. she sews too she is always like cooking, always cleaning, always home alone. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many scenes where it's just her in this house and there's nothing else there. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of that in Annabelle as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, being the uh, film student I was <laughs> when I saw Rosemary's Baby, I really uh, became obsessed with the way everything cinematically was framed. Mm-hmm. You know, like... The the movie Rosemary's Baby takes place in this extremely contained apartment mm-hmm. in New York City. The apartment's b- gorgeous and huge, mm-hmm. but it's still an apartment. There's never any shots in this goddamn movie with a wide open space. And it gets to the point where you just want to rip your hair out because you're screaming, oh my God, just go run through a field. Yeah. You know, like there's so many shots where you just see Rosemary framed between the sides of a door frame mm-hmm. you know like literally in a door frame it's super claustrophobic there's another scene yeah. where she's walking somewhere and there are like bars in front of her mm-hmm. and yeah either it's super tight in on her or the the framing just makes it look like she's contained it's mm-hmm. i mean it's masterfully done the other thing that struck me when i watched it for the first time was how everything seemed like it was 
unbalanced a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever centered. It was no. always just a little bit off and it or, drove me insane. Or sometimes it is completely centered, which is just as unsettling. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you'll see like rosemary in the middle of a doorframe, like like face on, you know, mm-hmm. and the it's equal on either side, which is also pretty unsettling because that's not how things look. Annabelle doesn't do exactly the same thing. No, but I think there is still that claustrophobic thing going on. Yeah, definitely. No, um, because in in the beginning of Annabelle, they're living in a suburb. Mm-hmm. But after they get attacked and Mia starts to get kind of haunted, she insists that they move. And they move to a big apartment complex, which is literally supposed to be <laughs> the same type of apartment from Rosemary's Baby. There's it's- even a scene in the basement. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A terrifying scene in the basement. It's awful. Let's talk about the husbands. Okay. (laughs) What's Mia's husband's name? Is it John? Because if it is... If it is, I'll scream. It's John? No way. Okay. How did we... Wow. (laughs) John's face right now. Oh my god. Okay. So... (laughs) Oh my fucking god. Mia's husband is named John... Which is the name of the actor who plays Rosemary's husband, Guy. Damn! Okay, well... (laughs) See, without even knowing all this stuff, I caught on that it was Rosemary's baby. I'm so smart! You got it, Rachel. You're like a genius. Yeah, I was a film student. (laughs) Okay, so, well, let's start with Guy. Mm -hmm. Piece of shit. I hate him so much! He's, <laughs> I hate him more than anybody else in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the worst. I hated him even before I knew what was going on. Oh, me too, for sure. I mean, even almost from the beginning. And like, in the very beginning, you could be tricked into thinking that they're cute and happy. Mm-hmm. But, like, it doesn't take a lot of time to realize how fucking selfish he is and how awful he is to her, how much he expects of her, mm-hmm. how much... He just doesn't give a shit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't mean to, no blanket statements or whatever, but, like, that was kind of the attitude. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God. I just, I remember there's this one scene where Rosemary's doing something. They, like, just moved in. And um, they're invited to have dinner with the old couple next door, the Castavets. And... You know, she, she says she has to wait for Guy to get home and see if it's okay with him. And when he gets home, he's like all tired and like upset about something and she mentions to him like oh they invited us to dinner whatever Mm -hmm. she's like she's an angel she's wonderful and Mm -hmm. she has done nothing wrong ever i would i would be fascinated to know how they got together yeah like how they met how they got together and he like he acts like i don't know he just has the worst fucking attitude and he, like, kind of raises his voice at her a little bit. Like, oh, well, if it's going to be a fucking thing. Thi- well, he doesn't swear. <laughs> well, if it's going to be a thing. And, like, she didn't fucking do anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the scene um, when they're at dinner and they're going to make a baby. And um, Mrs. Castavet drops off the chocolate mousse. The mouse. The mouse. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, Rosemary, detects an undertaste mm-hmm. and, you know, doesn't want to eat it and he's like shitty about it and of Mm -hmm. course like we know why because he needed to get her to eat it because he's a fucking piece of shit who doesn't deserve to live Mm -hmm. but like rosemary's reaction to him acting like that is not surprised no and you know it's almost like the entire movie so far they've been kind of building it up to where 
you're not surprised. Yeah. You know, because this is how he treats her with everything. Yep. He gaslights her. He tells Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Or he, he he's like, oh, well, you know, if it's going to be a thing, you know, mm-hmm. which and is it, exactly what he does earlier. Yeah. I, and not, not just because he is literally keeping something from her and, mm-hmm. and you know, this awful, awful plot. <laughs> But just in general, the, the the tiniest thing, when Rosemary didn't fucking do anything, she didn't say anything, she wasn't trying to be anything, mm-hmm. and nothing's going on yet. Nothing, you know, supernatural, nothing, like, he hasn't, Guy hasn't made a deal yet. He's still, like, he, even, it's a small thing, but him acting like she's the unreasonable one, first of all, all women know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Second of all, that is gaslighting it's exactly gaslighting yeah. yeah i mean that was one of the notes we took when we first watched it to- you well, know? totally i mean like there are other examples that are more blatant but even before anything is like obviously going on you know mm-hmm. what i mean like oh god i hate him and he's the worst and i hate him so while we're discussing gaslighting uh i want to bring up john from annabelle in the very beginning of the movie as i said i caught on instantly mm-hmm. that this movie was derivative of rosemary's baby and you know, I mean, you probably would have too, but going in, you you knew we were going to be comparing them. <laughs> and from the start, we instantly, I mean, not my second time around watching it, because John, Mia's husband, turns out to actually not be a bad guy at all. <laughs> but um, in the beginning, when you first start watching it, you're like, oh, this asshole. Oh. Yeah. But like, <laughs> because there's there's a scene. Well, in, in the beginning in general, he's a doctor to be, you know, he's, he's still going to school, through school and doing his like rotation, dissertation, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... He is a little bit dismissive mm-hmm. of Mia, and he's also a little bit um, know-it-allsy mm-hmm. with her because, you know, he's the doctor. She's pregnant. He knows what's best for her. Mm-hmm. And I bet they did that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I bet, I bet they wanted to put in people's minds that maybe he is bad. They absolutely did. I, you know? I mean... <laughs> we watched them back to back. Yeah. <laughs> Which was It was like, a rough Saturday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Literally after after I was done crying, after I made her some tea. Baby, <laughs> um, we turned on Annabelle, and I immediately fell in love with Mia, and she's precious and must be protected at all costs. <laughs> and I immediately was like, I got my fucking eyes on you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Toward John, just like like uh, right off the bat, because you're right. There are so many s- similarities. It's this. Yeah. It's this sweet blonde pregnant woman mm-hmm. and her you know husband who in the beginning guy being an actor he's well i mean he's super selfish and self-involved anyway mm-hmm. which actors am i right <laughs> uh, <laughs> no um but he's super focused on his work it's like all he cares about mm-hmm. and in the beginning of annabelle it that's kind of the feeling that you get from 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 john and you know he's, he's working on on med school and like becoming yeah. a doctor and, 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 and similar to rosemary's baby a lot of times mia is alone because he's working so much yeah you know there's uh, there's a scene where mia makes dinner for her and John, because and he's like, oh, I promise I'll be home, you know, like so she sets up this nice dinner and he never shows up, and then she eats his mashed potatoes. It's yeah. real cute. She's so <laughs> cute. Uh, I love her so much. Yeah. So uh, thankfully, in Annabelle, John ends up 
uh, not being a sack of shit. Yeah, but he does gaslight her at first. At you first, know? yeah, because she, think- she's, she insists there's something haunting me. And he's like, oh, you're just being pregnant. In <laughs> fairness, <laughs> if you told me something was haunting you... I would be like, Rachel, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know that I would believe you right away either. And no. that's not gas. I mean, it, it's it's shitty that he blames it on her pregnancy. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he does come around and, and, like, he believes her even before he sees anything for himself. Right? Yeah. The moment I think that I realized John wasn't bad is when she's like... I, I can't do this. We need to get out of this house. He has seen no evidence yeah. that she's being haunted. And he just says, okay, let's move. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. was just nice to see. Absolutely. You know? But Guy is a fucking... <sighs> yeah. I mean... I can't think of words awful enough to describe him. If you haven't seen Rosemary's Baby, uh, Guy actually, without Rosemary knowing, he makes a deal with their uh, Satan-worshipping neighbors <laughs> to... um just hand over Rosemary as if she is an object, which he can dispose of, which she kind of is. I yeah. mean, she, he makes the, the decision for her and doesn't exactly. even include her, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they don't even try to convince Rosemary, mm-hmm. which I find so interesting. The The deal is that they will do some weird ritual where the devil will come to Earth and rape Rosemary and knock her up with his antichrist child. And in return, Guy will get an acting role that mm-hmm. he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. The fucking pile of shit. Yeah. Um. It's interesting that you say they don't even try to convince her because I don't. I didn't catch it the first time, but when I watched it for the second time, um, that's that's what they try to do with with Terry, the the girl who um was living with them in the the beginning of the movie, and then kills herself. Mm-hmm. Which it's kind of I, the book could be different, but it's kind of I think left open to interpretation whether or not she actually killed herself. She probably did. It's just that I don't know why she would. Um, Rosemary at one point can hear the Castavets like arguing through the wall. Their apartments are right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And after Terry jumps out the window, she can hear the Castavets arguing with each other. And Minnie says something like, I told you she wouldn't be open minded or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was interesting. And so, in that same vein, do you want to talk about the role of information and how it's controlled some fucked up shit? Yeah. Rosemary is not stupid. No. She's actually really clever and and like she's the sweetest, but she like she's smart. Mm-hmm. That okay, um Rosemary has this friend named Hutch. He at one point he comes to visit Rosemary while she's pregnant and she looks awful. She mm-hmm. has lost weight. She is pale as a ghost and she is in constant pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's concerned about her mm-hmm. when no no one else in her life is. Her husband is not concerned. Her neighbors who are, you know, say they care about her are not concerned. Her fucking doctor is not concerned. Mm-hmm. But Hutch is concerned about her. And um, when he after he leaves that house, Rosemary never sees him again because he goes into a coma. But he wakes up at one point and makes sure to tell someone to get a specific book to Rosemary before he dies. Mm-hmm. So when Rosemary goes to his funeral, she gets this book from this woman entitled All of Them Witches. Mm-hmm. And the message that goes with it is uh, he, he said to tell her that the name is an am- anagram. Rosemary goes home and takes out her Scrabble pieces. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that's the cutest, smartest, sweetest, cleverest thing. I mm-hmm. just I love that part so much. And she tries and tries and can't figure it out. 
eventually she does figure out what it was supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she desperately clings to this book. The only thing that she has, she's completely alone in this situation. Completely alone. And Guy takes the book, throws it out. You know, Mm -hmm. like he, it's his job to babysit her for this like ritual to keep her in the dark yeah exactly um on the other hand in annabelle uh you have mia who when she starts being haunted in her apartment and she thinks that this demon is coming after her baby Mm -hmm. she also tries to seek answers through a book Mm -hmm. you know and i just thought that was kind of an interesting parallel yeah definitely because the idea of these women kind of going out and seeking this information. Mm-hmm. I just like that, you know, it, especially because as housewives, they really don't have a lot of power. No. You know, I mean, they have no money of their own. They mm-hmm. have no control over anything, really, mm-hmm. except for maybe what they eat at, at dinner, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they literally come through every aspect of Rosemary's life, which, again, housewife in the 60s, not a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it didn't take much for them to effectively cut her off from everything. They yeah. have they have her doctor telling her that it's fine and the pain will go away in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And she's suffered through like her entire first trimester or something like just in pain. I mean, like, again, I, I say again, all women know what that feels like. They've done studies about how, you know, if women are in pain, doctors are much less likely to take them seriously. Yeah. You know, people people go undiagnosed because mm-hmm. of it. It's really fucking terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't necessarily a comparison between the two, but when John in the beginning is um, being a little controlling of Mia and Annabelle regarding her pregnancy because he's the doctor and he knows best, I got some serious yellow wallpaper vibes. Yellow Wallpaper is a short story from the early 1900s by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. And um, it's actually from the late 1800s. And it's about a woman who's suffering from postpartum depression. And her husband is a doctor. And he just kind of prescribes that she sit in her room all day and never leave. And she's like, he keeps telling her, I'm the doctor. I know best. And at the end of the book, or at the end of the short story, she goes crazy. <laughs> she literally, Imagine that. She literally goes crazy and uh, starts thinking that she is a woman trapped in the walls. She thinks she's a woman in the wallpaper because she keeps thinking she's seeing a face in the wallpaper. Huh, weird. I wonder why that happened. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I I was getting some serious vibes because I can't imagine how terrible it would be to be a pregnant woman and not only have a male doctor during a time when men were controlling women like this, mm-hmm. but to have a male doctor who was your fucking husband. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I can't even imagine. Especially in matters where men literally just are never going to experience it. You know, it's one thing to be like, doctor, I broke my arm. Where a doctor can be like, oh, that sucks. I've broken my arm before. Like, a a man will never go through pregnancy. (laughs) It's probably pretty easy for them, especially during a time like this, to be dismissive. Yeah, absolutely. And this movie, this, this story, I mean, it's based on a book, this story does a really amazing job of, like, illustrating that and kind of mm-hmm. like I which is astronomical because the book came out in 1967 the the movie came out in 1968 and they 
again, apparently unintentionally, just like hit the nail on the head of like so many issues showing what women have to deal with and how nightmarish it can be. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you're not dealing with a husband who sells your baby to some satanic cult. Like mm-hmm. it's it, like that that's an allegory for other fucked up behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah, like women totally. go, women go through a lot and and the fact the fact that Rosemary's baby is so relatable in 2017 is fucking insane. Mhm. And that, I mean, and, and that it's a, that it's relevant for Annabelle to be made in 2014, yeah, and be set in the 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 1970s, but like come out in 2014 and still be just as relevant. Yeah, and you know, I actually thought this was kind of interesting. So, if we want to compare Rosemary and Mia, mm-hmm. so very similar in appearance. You know, they mm-hmm. both have very sweet looking faces. They both have short, like bob blonde hair. Uh, Rosemary eventually gets they're a, both adorable. Uh, Rosemary eventually gets a pixie cut, but um. It's Vidal Sassoon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting how, you know, Rose, we still can fawn over Rosemary and how precious she is mm-hmm. today. But I thought it was interesting that James Wan took Mia's character in a little bit of a different direction. Because mm-hmm. Mia is not a doormat. No. No. Like, when Guy is gaslighting Rosemary, she kind of takes it. You know, not because she's weak or anything, but yeah. because that's just how she is. She's not an aggressive person she's very accommodating and very sweet also there's definitely something to be said for you know how women are conditioned not just back then but still today but definitely back then and also um kind of when you're entrenched in a relationship like that i think that kind of just happens yeah definitely um on the other hand mia when her husband is condescending to her, she tells him off. Yes, yeah, I does. really love the part where he says to her, you know, oh, you shouldn't watch that scary stuff on the news about cults. You know, they they know that babies can hear it now. And she's like, oh, so you mean doctors have finally figured out what women have known for all of history mm-hmm. that their babies know that we're here or whatever? Yeah, or whatever, there are you know, a couple like, times when she kind of calls him on his shit. And, yeah. Yeah, it's and pretty I, refreshing. I like how sassy she is. Mm-hmm. She really does. And like... You know, I hate that I'm like this, but there are times when female characters are, like, super snippy and sassy where I, like, my instinct, my natural reaction is like, oh, that wasn't fair. But then I'm like, no, no, it was. It's just that I expect (laughs) women to be accommodating even when, (laughs) you know, because, like, there were, when I first saw the movie, there were a couple of times where I was like, geez, Mia, but you know what? No, like, good for you. Absolutely. (laughs) It's very upsetting to realize that I expect women to act like Rosemary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they really should be more like Mia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that Rosemary isn't an angel and I love her, but, like, it's scary what happens to her. They're both perfect and I love them both. Yeah. They're amazing. And, and yeah, they're, but they're different. They're different characters. They're different mm-hmm. people. And and they go through different yeah. situations. They mm-hmm. are, there are similarities, but they go through different situations. And they the ways in which they deal with that situation are different. But actually, but similar. But similar. Um, I think it's interesting that they they both look to these books. Mm-hmm. We don't really know a lot about Rosemary in the movie, but um, she does reach out to a friend, and that's what uh, Mia from Annabelle does too. She she meets this woman who runs a bookstore nearby. I think they're neighbors, mm-hmm. and um, you know they become close friends. Her name is Evelyn. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's great. Another thing that's kind of similar between the two is um. Well, not necessarily similar, but I think relevant to talk about is um, the role religion plays in both. Oh, my God. I was just going to bring that up. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Rosemary's Baby, there's kind of some undertones of, like, I don't want to say anti-Catholicism, 
but uh, uh, <laughs> um in my i got the opposite vibe when i was doing research for the episode and i read a little bit about um i was reading a little bit about you know the movie and and i read a little bit about the book um by ira levin mm-hmm. and um apparently i i don't know if they go more into it in the book i think there's like a theme of like because rosemary was a little bit of a lapsed christian mm-hmm. I, you could make a case for it being like that's part of not like why this happened to her but like also hmm. kind of you know like what if, I mean? if she had if she had stayed with the church and her if she had kept faith then maybe this wouldn't have happened because yeah. she would have been protected by I, god or I, something i guess i think there the, that's interesting I, I did read in what i was reading i got the feeling that some people um get that from from it interesting yeah cuz i was thinking more of that dream sequence she has when she's um when the ritual is happening and she keeps having these images of like the, this catholic church and this nun being really like cruel to her mm-hmm. so i was kind of getting the sense that maybe it was a little bit anti catholic but it would actually make sense if it were like more pro not and i don't i don't really mean those things it's just that i'm struggling with a proper way to describe what i'm saying yeah but i i know what you mean i mean i i, I don't think that Regardless of how anybody reads it, I don't think that the intention is for it to be pro-Catholicism or or whatever, but I do think it's, there's something there, and it is interesting that there's this, in the movie at least, tiny detail that pretty much gets glossed over that she, you know, Mm -hmm. was raised Christian. Yeah. And you know, doesn't go to church anymore, whatever, and then then she gives birth to the Antichrist. (laughs) Yeah, and then in Annabelle, you know, she, Mia and John are pretty devout Catholics. Yeah. They go to church every Sunday. Absolutely. And um, their priest is actually a big part. Yeah. When when shit starts going down with uh, Annabelle, the the haunted doll. I don't know. The, I don't think we've mentioned that before. Oh, yeah, she's haunted. Yeah. Uh, when shit starts going down, they actually they go to their priest for help. Mm-hmm. Like that's who they turn to. Yeah. So I I think that contrast was really interesting when mm-hmm. I was like reading all this stuff about. Rosemary being a lapsed Christian and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Which I mean, I don't, I don't know what James Wan's intentions were, mm-hmm. but I think it, you know, wouldn't it be kind of interesting if he were almost subverting the idea that like Rosemary's anti or Rosemary being a that would be really interesting. And now I choose to to believe that <laughs> because because I don't, I that's not what I get from Rosemary's Baby, but it does, no, it does all, seem, but... it does seem like some people take that from it and i mm-hmm. i see what they're talking about mm-hmm. i just don't think and, that it's that black and white and it should be noted that the priest doesn't help them in annabelle yeah he doesn't save the day i mean it's not <laughs> he's not evil no, no, <laughs> like no, i thought no. he was gonna he, be he fails he I, fails to save them do you remember how i thought he was gonna be evil i realized what that was when i was rewatching it why because we were right off the back of talking about um gothic horror oh and how <laughs> and how in gothic literature nine times out of ten the religious people were the evil people yeah which is not the case in annabelle no but yeah i i think it's interesting that they go to the Catholic Church and it doesn't help them. Yeah. So it would be interesting if James Wan's intention was to kind of subvert the idea that it was Rosemary's fault that yeah, this happened because, because she turned away from religion, yeah. kind of, <laughs> whatever. Because at the end of the day, what saves uh, Mia and John's baby is actually the love of a mother, mm-hmm. Evelyn, the neighbor that we mentioned before. 
Um, she lost her daughter mm-hmm. in a car crash, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's going on is Annabelle the doll is kind of being possessed by a demon who is trying to get a human soul. And um, human souls have to be offered up. They can't be taken. And a baby cannot offer a human soul. So even though the entire movie Mia's in- Mia thinks that the demon is coming after her baby, the the demon's coming after Mia. The ba- the demon wants Mia to give up her soul mm-hmm. by getting to her through her baby. Mm-hmm. So at the end, um, to kind of save the day, Evelyn, the neighbor, sacrifices herself to the demon <laughs> to save Mia and John and Leah. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was kind of interesting because she does it out of love for her daughter, thinking, knowing, because her daughter came to her in, in like, a dream or something or so, whatever and told her that she had, like, a purpose or something, right? I think so, yes. And um, Evelyn and Mia bond over being mothers and mm-hmm. the and the, the, the fear and the, the tragedy of losing your child, which is, Mia is constantly afraid of throughout exactly. the movie. Yeah. And that really brings them together. So I think... You know, that's kind of what saves the day, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is interesting. God, I love that actress. She was, um, mm-hmm. she's so great. And she, she's Aunt Josephine in the, in the new series of, of Unfortunate Events. She is! Netflix series. And she's yeah. so good. I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, it sucks that she died in that movie, huh? <laughs> yeah. It does. I just think it's kind of interesting to point out that, um, the way Evelyn dies is also how Terry dies. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Because Evelyn jumps out a window from a, like, top story mm-hmm. window of the apartment. Yep. And um, Terry, Terry who the Shit. cast of Vets were trying to inseminate, <laughs> I, I guess. Well, fuck. Uh, she jumps out a window. Just kind of need a minute to let that kind of <laughs> soak in a little bit. Huh. Um, let's end by talking about motherhood. Awesome. Obviously a huge theme in both movies. That both Rosemary and Mia spend the entire movie trying to protect their child. Mm -hmm. And, Um, you know, I mean, I can't speak for all women, but I think just kind of um, being female, you know, Jen and I are not mothers, mm -hmm. but I think just being a woman kind of you have that instinct, whether because of nature or because we're conditioned. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I but also relating just because of the way both rosemary and mia are treated at times during the movie you know Mm -hmm. i'm like like i said a couple times already women know what that's like even in 2017 yep which sucks despite their similarities i think in a lot of ways they are kind of going after different um different outcomes you know i mean part of what's horrific or part of what's terror-inducing. Let's let's go back to the the gothic episode yeah. and, and make a distinction between horror I and think terror. I about that all the time now. <laughs> but, you know, part of the terror of Rosemary's baby, part of that, like, oh, my God, is the fact that she was trying to protect the Antichrist. Yeah. You know? Like, she but- felt so much love for this baby that at the end of the movie, you find out is... The Antichrist is literally going to destroy the Earth mm-hmm. and end humanity, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it, at the end, my interpretation is that she chooses to love it, love him anyway. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You know, whereas Annabelle is a good movie. I don't think it was trying to have the same impact about, like, the severity 
no of mother's love and everything i think no. it was just no, kind no. of going for like a this is a horror a, movie yeah not but i don't it wasn't that shallow no it's a good movie i don't want to yeah. undersell it and there's definitely depth and stuff to talk about there but um you know there's a reason that this movie makes it kind of justified for us to talk about on our podcast yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i um i felt the same way something the thing about rosemary's baby that is so defeating apart from just thinking about women in general and wanting to cry in a room for the rest of my life <laughs> um is that she didn't have a chance to save her baby i mean no. the baby that is born is her baby but is it Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. She is absolutely powerless, even in that. Mm-hmm. And it is devastating. Back to talking about being a housewife, and Rosemary was so excited to have a baby. She wanted one so badly. When. When Guy finally says, let's have a baby, she like she can't believe it. She's like, you really mean it? You really mm-hmm. mean it? Because that's what she had. Yeah. And that's, you know, Mia's baby, that's what she had, mm-hmm. you know? like, And obviously, mothers, no matter what, is like, you cling to your child. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that kind of intensifies it a little bit if it's like, this is this child, this is, this is what I do. This is, you know. Yeah, and also it intensifies it when there's uh, a demon or a, satan- a satanic <laughs> cult coming after your baby. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Fair. You know, Definitely. I mean... <laughs> What's our takeaway? I don't know. Uh, the takeaway is we need to give housewives more credit. Yes. We need to believe women. Yes. And stop dismissing their concerns. And manipulating and gaslighting them. We need to um, stop praising satanic cults. <laughs> and <laughs> and demons need to stay away from babies. <laughs> And people in general. <laughs> Please. But, like, what a cheap shot. Using yeah, a real. baby to get to someone. Like, come on. That's fucked up, and that demon should know better. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go eat food now. Okay. Bye. Bye, y'all. Did you like that episode? I sure did. <laughs> I was talking to the listener, Rachel. Oh. Well, I am a listener sometimes. <laughs> That's well, cute. I'm one of our only listeners. Same. <laughs> hey, listen. Before we say goodbye, I have a surprise for you. Okay. I have come up with our first ever segment. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> Worth it. What is the segment? <laughs> The segment is called Great Minds Think Alike. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) What was that noise? (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, This hopefully won't be too um, common a a segment on our show, but I felt the need for it. Here's the deal. You and I have great minds. Okay. And we have thought of some amazing ideas for this podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, there have been other great minds out there that have thought of the same things. <laughs> so I thought that we, I thought that we should highlight those. Sure. Okay. The first one I want to say is from a podcast called Midnight Breakfast Cafe. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did an episode about, like, the superhero Lego movies, they, where they talked about the, the Lego movies, not just Lego Batman, but uh, other ones as well. I, th- I believe it's their fifth episode. The next one is from a podcast called Way Too Broad, um, that one of their recent episodes they discussed Over the Garden Wall, mm-hmm. which we discussed. Uh, I think it was their seventh episode. And last but not least, take it away, Rachel. <laughs> Uh, the podcast Radaptations did an episode where they discussed Rosemary's Baby, the film, and the novel on which it was based. I have never read the book, yeah. Rosemary's Baby, so uh, it was definitely interesting to hear what they had to say about it and to kind of get some more insight, and I actually really want to read it now. So. Totally, totally. Uh, and that was their episode 21. So if you enjoyed this discussion about Rosemary's Baby, go listen to theirs. Yeah. And all three of those podcasts are part of Lady Pod Squad. Hashtag Lady Pod Squad. <laughs> Access us on Twitter <laughs> at Optiot, or you can access us <laughs> on Instagram at Optiot Pod. Why does that sound? Or you can access us <laughs> on our website. <laughs> One person's trash is our treasure. Dot com. Oh, don't say it like that. It's. <laughs> sounds wrong <laughs> let us know on social media what your favorite blumhouse movie is hey that's a good one uh also let us know on social media if you have ever had a friend ruin your life by showing you a traumatizing movie or if you've ever ruined a friend's life by showing them a tra- traumatizing movie you're a monster <laughs> well it is almost halloween Ooh. i hate her <laughs> situated good because you always yell at me to get right up on the mic it's just because i'm always so much louder than you are well that can't be and then it's like when i laugh i'm like "Ah!" (laughs) okay timer going okay (laughs) what kind of tea is this is it buckingham palace garden party of course it is what a pretentious tea name buckingham palace garden party okay i'm sorry i just have to point this out really quickly at least 20 different fucking people have walked past my window Yeah, James Wan. Get ass. (laughs) We know you listen. How fun, right? Carrying the Antichrist without knowing that you are. So fun. (laughs) Tomorrow's Halloween. What? When this... (laughs) When this... One person's trash is our treasure. Dot com. Okay. (laughs) Or you can access us at our email. It's no citizen game <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> That's a good joke, but I'm not going to keep it in. <laughs> See you next time on Up to Ya. <laughs> <laughs>